The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard. And I'm Jess Diamond. And welcome back to another episode of Meaningful Living Podcast. Today, we're talking to Ashley Tisdale and her hubby, Chris French. Ashley's an actress, singer, dancer, influencer, and the founder of Frenchie, a platform committed to helping everyone live a non-toxic life, covering everything from health and wellness to lifestyle and beauty. She also recently launched her own interior design business, Frenchie Interiors. Her eye and style are impeccable. We're so thrilled to have Chris here with her. He's an incredible composer, and the two of them just welcomed their first child in March. We're so excited to have them on today talking about the most surprising parts of having a newborn. I first met Ashley when she was pregnant to help prepare her and Chris for newborn feeding and nutrition. But watching her and Chris tackle the uncertainty of postpartum life and seeing them both blossom as they step into their new role as parents has been so rewarding. They're so open about the difficulties of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, the most unexpected things they've learned over the last few months, and what they wish they knew before becoming parents. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Your reviews help us so much to make sure our podcast shows up in the parenting section and to help spread the word. Please also leave comments letting us know what topics you want covered. We want to hear from you. Now here's Ashley and Chris. Thank you guys so much for taking that busy infant time to come on the podcast. We adore you and we are just so excited for this conversation we know that you guys have such meaningful stuff that's going to help our listeners. And you guys have just been so open and candid about what it's been like having a newborn. And so we really want to just talk about the real side of parenting today. And we love that you're both on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Excited to be here. Thanks for being here, you guys. So let's start off in those early postpartum stages. You know, the ones we don't really talk about as much and just... You guys have been really open about that stage. Ashley, you've talked about the hormonal shifts and how it's been hard to kind of just come to terms with the body changes and all of that. So what would you say was the hardest during that time or what surprised you most? And Chris, what would you say, how did you support her during those periods? I think the most surprising, well, I think I've talked about that a little bit on Frenchie was that I think it was all surprising because no one really talks about that period of time. Everyone like is so excited when you're pregnant and you put a huge emphasis on the labor and what that's going to be like physically, emotionally, you know, mentally, but no one ever says, oh yeah. And then after there's like these two weeks, that is like horrible, <laughs> like worse than the actual labor. So I found out about it from a friend who had just gone through it a couple weeks and she was like, just so you know, no one explains this to you, but the two weeks postpartum is like horrible. And I was like, what? 
And so she explained to me and I had a little bit of like, okay, like none of my mom friends told me about this, not even my sister, like no one talks about this stuff and the uncomfortable stuff. So I was a little prepared, but I think that I also had a really weird symptom that was that I had acid reflux and it was chronic at that point. So it was in my back and no one could tell me what it was. Or Everybody they didn't was know. saying it was different things and you were like battling five, you're like trying to put out five forest fires that it didn't yeah. even be. I talked to, you know, my gynecologist, I was like talking to everybody and they kept on saying, well, this is not really a, a postpartum symptom. And it was not helping because that made me feel even worse and alone. And so it was interesting because my doctor, my main doctor had mentioned very early on, he was like, well, what are you on? And I was like, Motrin. And he was like, well, that's a lot on your stomach. And so he's like, why don't you try Tums? Obviously it was so chronic that that was not even working, but that kind of like hit me for a second, like after like my prowl. And I was like, why is that happening in all the night? And then I just thought of like acid reflux. I had really bad acid reflux in my third trimester. So I did have a prescription medicine for it. And I just was like, you know what, maybe I'll try that. Maybe it's stronger than Tums. And it completely went away like instantly. And I was just like, that is insane. So I think that was the most surprising that I had a symptom that isn't normal, like symptoms, I guess, and postpartum, but that kind of just tells you that everybody goes through it differently and deals with different things. And I think that was the hardest thing for me. It's like, I wasn't having any postpartum depression, but I was like, if it kept going, I would probably have gotten there because I felt just alone. Wow. I mean, I think so many people have those experiences too, because when we talk about postpartum stuff, it's usually like the quintessential things that OBGYNs or doctors have heard of, but so many of us have all these different types of symptoms that are related. And I'm just so grateful that you just thought of on your own, how crazy that in the middle of the night, just to take a medication. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what made me think of that. I just went back to one of the first conversations with my doctor and what he thought it could possibly be. And I was just like, what? You know, maybe just try this. I had really bad acid reflux with the baby. Maybe it just is like still going strong. And I mean, I've never even heard of back problems with acid reflux. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I Googled it and it was like, yeah, it's when it's chronic, it goes into your back. It's like your esophagus area. And I'm like, oh my God. So I think that was definitely the hardest. And I think Chris, you know, he tried so hard. Obviously, he'll speak to him for himself, but the support he gave me in that time of just, it was hard because, you know, I couldn't hold the baby sometimes. It was so painful. And I just, that would make me even more sad that I had this beautiful little baby and I, you know, was just like supposed to be enjoying my time with her. And I was just going through all this stuff like physically, but also with the back pain. And so Chris was really the one like that was killing it and just stepping up in every way to help me in those times. There's kind of a, a common sort of dad husband thing about that you know for nine months there's really not a whole lot you can do to help and then as soon as the baby's here it's just like okay here's a ton of stuff you can do to help you've wanted to help for almost a year now like here you go and so you kind of just I was able to sort of jump in at that point and like really just be as helpful as possible but part of that too is that I was also like we were we had a lot of conversations about how it's like oh yeah, this is a lot of, st- nobody prepared us. People spent so much time preparing us for like the most, what ended up for us being like insignificant Easiest, yeah. things 
along the way and nobody mentioned anything about so much of this stuff after the fact when it's almost more important because now you have another living creature to (laughs) make sure they survive too at the same time and part of that is that Mm -hmm. i was going through kind of a whole realization myself of like you know we as people as men especially now are being like kind of included in this process more than ever before especially at first. And I was like reflecting on how my dad was at work the next day when I was born, you know, and like all of these guys that I've talked to new dads were, were kind of all like, wow, as a generation, we're able to like show up immediately for our babies, but also for our wives while they're healing and stuff in a way that we maybe never were able to before. And so it's like kind of an amazing time for that, just being able to take advantage of that. So, wow. Let's take a break to talk about our new favorite hair care routine from Pros. We've both been using Pros now for a little over two months, and it's just transformed our hair. What we've learned in the process of switching over to Pros is there's no one size fits all when it comes to hair care. Something that works on Haley's hair just doesn't cut it for mine. As you know, I'm growing out my hair, and for the first time in my life, it's wavy, dull, and dry, and I just hadn't figured out a way to manage it. Frankly, before Pros, I kind of just accepted that's how my hair would be. But now with my personalized pros routine, I have hair care that has transformed my hair and I feel like a new person. Their products moisturize without leaving hair greasy. They don't irritate my scalp and my hair is shinier, fuller, and softer. I had absolutely no idea how much my previous shampoo and conditioner were irritating my scalp and keeping my hair just blah until I tried pros. And boy, am I thankful I switched. So what's so special about pros? They make custom hair care that's effective because it's completely personalized to you. When you sign up for pros, you start by filling out this personalized quiz that doesn't take long, but it is just so thorough. And it identifies your hair texture and your lifestyle and your diet and exercise, things that impact your hair that I just would never even thought of. They then analyze those results to create personalized hair care routine just for you. Your name even comes on the bottle. It's that personalized. It's so effective because it's so custom. They're also an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, which is so important to us. All the ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. There's really nothing not to love about Pros. Support the show and change your hair. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name written all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash full. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash F-U-L-L for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, it's uh, so refreshing to see couples just working together and so cool to watch husbands supporting wives through that process because I mean, I think it's like you said, it is a new a newer thing. The husbands are able to be home more, especially after 2020 and I think the hardest part is like, what do you do? I think we all come home as parents and we're like, all right, we just had a baby. Now, how do we do this? <laughs> it's like it's not like someone just gave us a manual and we can just go through the steps. It's like, all right, I need to learn my baby, figure out my baby. And, and how do I even begin to think to do this? And so I think that's a whole nother thing is like, okay, yes, we want to support each other and and we're supporting each other and doing what we need to do. But it's also like that phase of figuring it out together, which is like a whole nother step in the relationship. Yeah. No, I mean, we always talked about how 
towards, you know, like it would be maybe two weeks out from, you know, the birth. I was like, you know, we'd watch TV, like we watch TV and stuff and we're sitting there and I was like, we're going to come home from the hospital and like have a baby in our car. <laughs> and we're going to be like, so what do you want to do? <laughs> and I could not know. What do you want to watch? <laughs> what yeah. do you want to watch? <laughs> and it was so funny because when that time came, that like moment, <laughs> it was like, I remember being in the car and it was like at night and we were heading home. And obviously like both of our families were waiting for us at the house. But it was so funny because Chris was like it, driving. He's like, babe, this is that moment. <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. We are here. Something that, you know, when I first met you, Ashley, I'll never actually forget this, is that you were so comfortable about the birth. You're just like, Jess, the birth stuff, I've got Lori Bregman, but I've come to terms. Like, I don't have a lot of fear around my birth. But what I don't know is what do I do when the baby actually comes home? You know, there's no owner's manual, like Haley was saying. So much of why we started this is because I think there's so much of a dearth of information when you come home. So what has helped you guys? What resources have you used? What surprised you the most? How'd you navigate that period? Um, I mean, we just text you <laughs> the entire time. We're like, Jess, what does this mean? <laughs> Sending pictures. Um No, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest thing that has helped is, you know, just obviously friends, you, we have an amazing pediatrician, but I think at the end of the day, my intuition for me has really guided me because I do suffer from anxiety. Um, and it can be either, you know, like chill, like the entire pregnancy, I was like super present and it's, it hasn't been really crazy. Like I haven't had any kind of, I've had a little flare ups, but for other reasons, but I think because I like listen to my intuition with the baby, it's like more calming. So there was one night that like something that like had happened and Chris came in kind of really scared and nervous. And when mm-hmm. he's scared, there's something wrong because like Chris is the most like calm, like peaceful, like a non-stressed person. And he was like, babe, something's wrong. He was like, I'm feeding the baby. And like milk was like pouring out. She, he was had the bottle and milk was pouring out of her mouth. Just like so weird. And he was so scared. And he was like, it was so strange. It's like, she's not swallowing and she forgot how to swallow. And I'm like, what? So then I jump up and obviously like call the doctor immediately, like on the emergency line. So it's like midnight. But I was like, you know what? Like, I was, once I saw her, she looked fine. And she was like, she's fine. She, she looks was fine. fine. She was she looking was like, at me like, why like, are you worried? Why are you concerned? But there's like milk pouring <laughs> out of her mouth. Pouring. I'm like, this is exorcist shit. Like, <laughs> what, what is happening right now? He was like, so, and he was like, every single time I feed her, she looks like she's swallowing and then it comes right out. It's like ounces of milk. I'm like, that is so weird. But then I like took the bottle and I was just like, you're, you know. You're like, is it too hot? I was like, is it too hot? So I was trying, I was trying on my wrist and it was, I noticed when I would do this, like it was pouring out and I was like, whoa, that's coming out real fast. And I look at the nipple cause he, you know, this is like her bedtime feeding. So it's kind of like dark in her room and there's like a little light yeah, on. It was like midnight or something. Yeah. yeah. It was like so, the middle of the night for sure. He, so I think because he couldn't tell in the dark, but I was like, let's, let's turn the light on. And I noticed the nipple was cut. And so, um, so basically there was milk pouring into her, but she's so 
babies are so intelligent and so smart. They know how to get that to come out because well, she was trying. I was like, man, I'm like keg standing my daughter right now at midnight. She's just like, I'm trying to keep up, man. It was brutal. It was, yeah, but she was completely fine. And that's the thing. The doctor was like, didn't give us any information except for like, well, is she, does she have a fever? We're like, no. And she like is acting normal. She's not crying. There's nothing really wrong with her, but like she just will not drink her milk. And then once I saw that, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, she can't keep up with that. That's why. So, so your intuition kicked in. My, yeah, my intuition yeah. had kicked in and was like, I knew that there was nothing really wrong, but that there had to be something wrong with the situation. And we found what it was. In those moments, it's like there's exhaustion, there's postpartum, which I didn't even know I had postpartum until like months later, looking back, I was like, oh, I was not myself. And so I feel like when you're in those moments, it's just like, I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted. I'm not myself. Like, but like you said, trust your gut. I think that's the only thing that like really gets us through those really dark times or hard times or just exhausted times. Yeah. Just following your gut. I love that you said that. Let's pause for just a second to talk about Artifact Uprising. Having Artifact Uprising sponsor the show has been so exciting for us because we love all that they do. We're huge fans and have used them for our baby books, our photos, and to display cute photos and recipes for meaningful living in our press boxes. They just launched a new product, which is a book designed to document your child's life and best moments from ages one to five. It's called The Early Years Book, The Story of You. And we're obsessed with it. For me, I was so good about documenting my kids' first years of life with Artifact Uprising's book and absolutely loved doing it. But once they turned one and we outgrew that book, I scoured Pinterest and Etsy looking for a cute way to continue making books for them. And truthfully, nothing was as cute as that baby book from Artifact Uprising. So I just dragged my feet and didn't create anything until this early years book, The Story of You, came out. And it's just perfect. It makes me feel like the parent of the year. They break everything down and make it so simple and fun to document your kids' early years in the cutest of ways. The book itself is linen-bound and comes in multiple colors, so it looks cute when left out on the coffee table or bookshelf. This book is broken down into chapters, one for each of the years, one to five. And each chapter has a set of prompts or exercises you can fill out and add favorite pictures and artwork to, along with some blank pages so you can fully customize it. The interactive prompts are so adorable. Liv and I have been loving putting her book together. There's a section to document her favorite things of the moment, where she's loved traveling to or visiting her favorite song, which is a little bit right now, her favorite animal, and my favorite section called A Letter to You, where each year you can write your child a letter. It's so sweet and feels so good to be able to document all of these special moments in a special book each of our kids will have forever. It comes with all the supplies needed, including a free set of photo prints and prompts you need to document your kid's world through their eyes from ages one to five and make the best Pinterest-worthy book for your kids. It's fun, it's easy, and such a meaningful gift to yourself or any parent you know with kids one to five. We're obsessed with it and know you will be too. Time flies, so we want to make sure we document these early years before they fly by. For a limited time, our listeners can get 15% off your Artifact Uprising order with the code MEANINGFUL15. Go to artifactuprising.com slash meaningful to purchase. And don't forget the two L's. Now let's get back to our conversation. I wanted to ask you about breastfeeding. I know you've been so open about your struggles with it. And when did you know that, you know, I just need to move on. I need to go to formula. Like at what point did you decide it was time? 
pretty early on. I mean, basically. It sort of coincided with a lot of the pain you were in. Yeah, it had a lot to do with the pain I was in my back as well, because we were trying to obviously figure out what was that pain. And I had been told about Deemer, which was a something to do with uh, the breastfeeding where you don't get the the feeling of like the euphoric feeling um, when breastfeeding makes it more frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I don't know if I, if I actually had Deemer, but I did know that I wasn't looking forward to breastfeeding at that point because I had been pumping the entire time. So basically like in the hospital, she did not latch. And so that was very like from the start, she was like not having a good time with it. So I had like that nipple, like shield thing to help and everything. And so then we were doing that. Which worked for a little bit. It worked for a little bit. And, but it was just like, she had, she was really frustrated. She's a little hangry like me. (laughs) So in in the hospital when it wasn't working, she gets frustrated. Like she's like, I want food. I want, and she wants it fast. And so I just felt like already there was just like this negative, like, something building between us that wasn't happy (laughs) happiness. Cause it's like our, you know, it's a new relationship. Like with your baby. Yes. She was in my belly for nine months, but I'm just getting to learn who she is and she's still learning who I am. And so I just like felt very early on, like, Oh, I don't like that. This is a negative like experience right now. And that's what it was at first. And so And it got a little bit better, but then it was still like really kind of like, I felt like I was striving because, because she was not latching really well. I was like, okay, I'm just going to pump. And then she loved the bottle. Cause the one time that he had to do the bottle when I was like in pain, um, she did super well. And so once I saw that she was like really happy with the bottle, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just keep pumping and put it in the bottle. So the entire day I'm just like pumping, pumping. And at that point, it's like more of a negative experience because you're just kind of like, plus you're also you trying know, to heal. You're not talking about yeah, pain you're in for pain. other reasons. And so I don't know. I just felt like I remember two weeks, or maybe not even a week and a half into it. I just said to Chris, I was like, I feel like we're striving and not thriving in the food department, and I don't want her to have a negative experience around eating. And so. I just kind of clocked that. Like I am someone who, you know, when, when things are going good and like you have like a little bit of like a flow, that's like good, you know, it's positive. It's, it's, you know, it's, you can feel feel when something's not right. And I just felt like, am I going to keep trying this because of my ego of me wanting to be the mom that breastfeeds? Cause like I had so many different opinions from my mom friends. Like one of them was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I, you know, whatever, who cares if it doesn't work out. And then another mom friend's like, just keep trying. You will get there. And it's like, she was yeah. like, I've been doing it for like seven months. And, you know, like just kind of, I, I was like, geez, like, I, mean, it was, I just felt at that point, well, who are you doing it for? Like, is it for the baby or for you? And I don't know, like, I feel like when you can breastfeed, obviously that's amazing. It's, it's wonderful and probably really beautiful, but then there are people that it doesn't work out for. And that is me. (laughs) I feel like as a mom, there's so much you go through, like the pressure of having a new little creature in your life and a human being to take care of. And, and, but yet you're still trying to like go through things yourself. And then on top of it, you're like, oh, and you're also their food. And you're like, geez, like, this is so much to take on. And it's so hard, you know, like 
it's like that to me was, I think the pressure of everything. And I just feel like Jupiter might've known that and was like, mom, we don't need to do this, you know? And it just kind of felt right for us. And she's great. <laughs> so well, It is a lot of pressure and good for you for following your intuition and your gut again, because I think it's really hard again in those um, emotional moments, hormonal, I guess. I, I did the same thing with each one of my kids at different phases, but earlier on. And uh, I actually texted Jess and I was like, this is just not working. And she was like, a happy mom is a happy baby. And I'm like, gosh, that's so right. It's like exactly what you were saying. Like Jupiter just knew that this was not working. And like, and so, you know, I, I started formula and it was the best thing for our family, for me. And it changed the game. It, It was like, it took all the pressure away and you know, it just didn't work for us. Like you said, it works for some people and that's great, but it yeah. just, it, it wasn't for us. And so good for you for, for figuring that out early on. I, it took me three babies to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I just, I think that I kind of always approach it like taking myself out of it and just kind of focusing on what is best for her, you know? And I think that sometimes we can get in our own way just because we might think like, well, obviously it is the best option, you know, cause it's made for them and that's what they've been having. And so it's like, well, you know, that is, but if we take ourselves out of it and we're like, okay, but there are there other are amazing options, options. <laughs> and you know, right. like I think that, yeah, just kind of like letting go. And it is something that I think is always the question is like, Oh, are you breastfeeding? And so there's like that also that like kind of thing where you then have to explain yourself why you don't, which is weird because you really shouldn't have to explain yourself. But that is the question I get a lot of the time. And it's just so weird. Do you feel like there's a stigma around breastfeeding? Have you felt that from friends or family or just anyone social media? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, well, for sure on social media, It's, I feel like we're in this. It's like idealized. Yeah. Like girls breastfeeding their baby pictures. That's like a big thing. And you see it all the time, which is great because I think it's, they're doing it because they feel like, I mean, in a way, like it's not very like accepted to, for some reason be so people feel uncomfortable around it, you know, out at like, well, this time we're like, no one really goes out a lot, but Normally, out of restaurants, there is this kind of like uncomfortability about it. So I understand being able to, you know, just, just, I think celebrate that because that shouldn't be uncomfortable. But also at the same Mm -hmm. time, I think it's now become this thing that it's like, oh, well, I can do this. Or maybe I just, you know, because my own personal, you know, going through it, I'm like, well, I can't do that. (laughs) It's like, you know, so it's, it's hard because yeah, then you see that on, you're like, oh, well they get to do that and have that experience. And I didn't get to have that experience. And so I don't know. Yeah. I think there's just a lot, there's a lot to unload in that area. Totally. I remember a friend yeah. texted me being like, how was your labor? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was, you know, there was like two things that, you know, were painful obviously, but I was like, but other than that, like it was the most beautiful experience and it was awesome. It was exactly like what I wanted. And that friend didn't have a great experience. And she said, I said, but I was like, you know, we're not doing well in the breastfeeding department. <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, well my, my labor was horrible, but at least we got the breastfeeding down. And I was like, it's just such a like 
like a thing about like how you know how we it's are like, to each it's other also it's just like, kind of sad that like yeah when you guys are going through so much like yeah. an unimaginable amount during this short window of time to add like cultural or interpersonal pressure about something so personal we need to do so much less criticizing of yeah. of each other and just more celebrating like understand that everyone's experiences are different yeah. And there's truly no period of time than parenthood. I think it's like everything in culture right now that's kind of coming to the surface. It's what's been taught to all of us. And so we're all kind of having to shift our ways of thinking and shift our ways of speaking to one another, especially like new moms. You know, I, I've totally shifted the way that I ask moms questions. I don't ask them like, how's breastfeeding going anymore? I just say like, how's everything going? How are you doing? And instead, because it just, then it, I don't have to worry about like that shame if they're having a horrible time or if they're having a great time. And I think yeah. it's just what been taught to, to all of us. So we're all just learning. We all are learning. And for me, it's been just so awesome to be able to watch you guys blossom and just grow in parenthood to be the amazing mom and dad you are. And it's a process. And something I know we both have in common is how type A we all are. It's like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But the reality is so much of parenting is rolling with the punches and having just absolutely no idea what's coming or the right way to handle it. So with your history of anxiety, like you talked about, and with the uncertainty of this period, how have you learned to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and just embrace the unknown of this phase? Yeah. Well, meditation has always helped. I love that expectful app because my friend told me about it during pregnancy and I loved how it had, I'm, I'm such a huge meditator. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. And I love that they had, um, like a motherhood section. So it just, it's something that I will still go to and, and, you know, when I can meditate in the morning, but I think it's just something where you, it's surprising to me because I don't do well when like, you know, it's just like, I don't know, like, how, what would you explain how I am as a no, person? Like I'm someone who like, not as comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it is interesting that, but like as a mom, I have, you know, changed in, in, in interesting ways that I would never expect, I guess. Like, I guess I'm, you know what it is? This book called Mama Stay by Lori Ardula. She gave me this book and it's the five like different, I think like moms that you are like, there's the type A, there's the go with the flow. There's, you know, just like all these different kind of personality traits that we are. And sometimes we can be all of them and, or sometimes they shift. Like even Lori said before I had the baby, she was like, so you're type A. And I was like, oh yeah. She's like, well, sometimes that shifts when you become a mom, you might be like, go with the flow. And I was like, really? I don't see that happening. But I actually do see that happening. It's definitely been something. Like, I, you know, I've worked on myself for a long time. Like, I think probably five or six years, I really worked on my own mental health and became like very aware of it five, six years ago. And I'm so glad that we had our baby now people are always like, why did you guys wait so long? And it's not like that we were just waiting, but I'm so glad I went through all of that stuff because the biggest thing is like, just not putting that on Jupiter and not sharing, you know, what type of, you know, anxieties that I have under her. And so I think that 
you know, for me, that's always my biggest thing is just, I know probably my fears in life have come from a little bit for my mom. So I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to not have that happen with Jupiter? So I just try to, I don't know. I just think I've just like kind of gone to this zone of like going with the flow and that might not be all the time, but right now it's been really great. I love that. Well, I have a question. What is the best parenting advice you two have received so far, whether it's before you had your baby or after you had Jupiter? Wow. There's so much advice to reflect on. <laughs> it's like everybody has advice. <laughs> Everyone gives advice. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good question. I think like someone said this to me, basically like everyone's going to have an opinion and they're going to want to share their opinion because they've been through it before or, you know, like they feel like they know, you know, the best, but you are the only one that really knows like you what, know, your, own experience what your own experience is. So sure. to, to like gracefully say thank you to that. But <laughs> that might have been me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in response to someone else's opinion. Yeah. But yeah, but, or advice or whatever. Yeah, just, you know, just like, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because that is a thing, like everybody's got advice, of course, because everybody who's gone through this knows how much of like a big life changing experience it is in different ways for everybody, of course. But yeah. I, I don't think anybody goes through having a kid without it being life altering. So it's going to be the kind of thing people have opinions and advice about. And they, everybody's always coming at it from their own, you know, experience. And it's hard not to sort of take that personally in different ways or somehow assume they mean something that they don't or whatever. And half the time it's just re- kind of reserving our own thoughts and feelings for our own experience and letting them it's almost like they're processing through their experience by giving advice to you. And so you're yeah. like, okay, just let them do that. Take, yeah. take the, the gems, you know, when they show up, but kind of let the rest of it sort of drift away. That's funny. One of the analogies that someone once told me and has always stuck with me, whenever people are, everyone wants to help and they give a lot of advice and it's almost like digging for gold. So just imagine you're taking the dirt and you're digging for gold and take, you know, look for those nuggets, the things that are going to stick and let everything just sift through and don't let it land on you. And the things that are helpful, then incorporate those. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that analogy. Because yeah, there are some, there's a lot of gold nuggets. I've learned a lot of gold nuggets, but there's some stuff that I'm like, yeah, that that is not going to work for our households. (laughs) (laughs) We love having couples on the show. It's one of our favorites because we just get to see insights on, or we get to learn about other couples and like how they navigate parenting and their relationships. And um, so how has it been navigating new parenthood together? And then how have you guys managed to stay connected through this new parenting season? Um, I think what worked for us early on was knowing like what we're good at and what we're not great at. Yeah, and like I, I called it up the pieces. Yeah, I call it like playing zones. Yeah. You know? As opposed to both people trying to do all the stuff, like figure out what works better for each person and tackle it kind of as a team really helped. But and I'm such a morning person, but I definitely need sleep. Yeah, and- she just needs sleep a lot more than I do. So <laughs> yeah. I was still doing the nights all the way up until like basically last week. So I actually moved into the guest room yeah. with, with Jupiter in the bassinet so I could kind of more easily deal with. Um, her at night and like get 
as much sleep as I could in the morning when Ash would come in and get her. So it was like tough for a minute because we're like sleeping in separate rooms. It's like the 1940s yeah. over here for a minute. And we're like, what are we, what like, is this is crazy. So we would really, we were really, Ash especially was like extra intent on like, okay, like, you know, let's have a mom come hang out for a night a week. And we would like go out and like have, have our date nights. date nights and stuff and whatever. But I think so that like, and honestly, obviously you, you can't breastfeed in that situation. But for us, like it was so great because a lot of it is like sleep deprivation in the very beginning. And if we're tackling it like that, it was just like, he got to sleep in the morning and I got to be the, like, have the baby in the morning and have our moments together. And so it really just like has worked. And for us, I think as a couple, we really do, we're very aware that it's like, it's only for a moment, you know, like it wasn't, sometimes I feel in the very beginning, we kind of, I don't know if you did, but I kind of was sometimes going in this like, oh gosh, is this going to be forever moment? You know, like, is this, is how, is this how it's always going to be? And you have like these witching hours and the baby's crying for three hours and you're just like, this is so crazy. But you realize it's just like, just for like a season. And then they like and get older and, and it changes. It. <laughs> and then you're going to miss that. So, so I think for us, we were just like, well, you know, we know that she's going to be sleeping through the night at some point, And this is going to work great for, for us. And it really did. And, so, and also a big part of that was remembering and re- having to remind each other at times that we're both, we're all just including Jupiter. We're all just doing our best. Yeah. And that like, this is all new for all of us. And we're just doing our best in this weird little adventure. Last question of the day. Um, something that we always ask our guests is what made you each feel full this week? Um, I'm trying to even think what happened yesterday. <laughs> I'm just like, everything's a blur. Um, I got to watch this one have the most beautifully yeah. fun, amazing little time at our baby's first music class. Yeah, that did make Which was incredible. I was just like, it was just so fun. I mean, obviously as a musician myself, I was already looking forward to it anyway, for my own, you know, reasons. But being able to, you know, Ash was like holding Jupiter, like with the other babies and moms, like kind of doing this fun music class thing. And I was just able I to go I thought like, it was wow, the best thing ever. This is amazing. It was just beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I literally, I was so excited about it. I thought it was on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <got> ready. <laughs> she was pumping Jupiter up for like three like, days. <laughs> and then it was the wrong day. Yeah. I was she had like, to wait for it. Yeah, I felt so bad. I was like, oh no, she thought it was today. Um, but yeah, I, that was really so much fun. I mean, we, you know, obviously with the baby and then also working and stuff, uh, and with the times that we're in, we don't always see friends or see people a lot. So just being able to get all the babies together was really fun. And I just like was so excited. It was like the first activity that we've done. I was so excited. She had so much fun. She stayed up the entire time. She was supposed to be in a nap, but she was like fully awake. She had her bottle and she like, you know, crashed out. And I came home and I crashed. I was so exhausted. <laughs> That was so much fun, but I'm exhausted now. Yeah, that was was probably my my moment. I've loved watching you guys become parents. You guys are really 
awesome. You're finding your groove. Like you're just listening to your intuition and it's been so fun. And thank you for doing the podcast because we need more, we need more honest conversations about this. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.